0: The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more, see if they could work
1: together when we needed them to Like the battle.
2: juggalo roundtable where we form like voltron and talk about juggalo stuff because we're all nerds and i am joined today by some very elite juggalos and i'm gonna let them introduce themselves
3: all right well hey my name is eric i am co-host with the comos of the icup with we podcast uh Uh, Originally from Pennsylvania, that's where I first started listening to ICP, and uh, now I live in Seattle, Washington, and uh, I have, I don't know if I should just take out the time that I wasn't actively involved in ICP and Juggalo culture and add up the amount of time that I actually was, but back since 95, 96, that's, that's when I got into it, and now newly back into it again
0: uh hello everybody my name is aaron i am also a co-host with the co although eric never refers to me as that and it's kind of sad No, uh, i did eric... once this oh is a did you re- re- okay yeah. sadness gone sadness gone uh i of icup with we um the first time i've ever been considered a juggalo or called a juggalo was when jeremy just called me an elite juggalo so that was great <laughs> uh i'm i've skipped the regular status and i'm now up in the upper echelon <laughs> it's like an honorary of, doctorate uh, degree yeah <laughs> yeah I have a, an honorary master's uh, from Juggalo University but uh, I'm 27. I first started listening to ICP when we started this podcast uh ICUP with we and the premise was Eric used to listen to them. I never listened to them except for one song one time when I was on tour and uh we I never remember what that song was, but we found out through this journey, that I remembered the song was cuss words it was the only ICP song I'd heard before. One of the worst one. This,
3: yeah. <laughs> and now you've heard so so many songs, many many. so many, many,
0: many songs. songs, so many songs. But that's me. I'm 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 27. I'm from Dallas, and I'm an elite juggalo baby.
4: Oh hey, uh, it's me. I'm Robbie. I run the Twisted History Instagram account, uh, which people might know about. Uh, Let's see, I am 34 years of age, I uh, was a big juggalo head uh, from roughly 99 to about 2003, took some time off, came back around 2012, 2013, and uh, have just kind of been heavily involved since then. Portland, Oregon, baby...
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Veronica. Um, some, some of you may know me as Vieron. I've been on a couple podcasts. Uh, what is a Juggalo podcast? I've done a few episodes with the Dim Carnival guys. I originally grew up in Pittsburgh. I've been in the military for over 17 years. I am currently now in Philadelphia. That spans everywhere from Honolulu, Hollywood, uh, Southeast Texas, Connecticut, Seattle. I've been been a lot of places. Um, I got the ICP during the giant Great Malenko explosion, and I uh, kind of fell out a little bit. Life took over, and I came back during the uh, Shangri-La era, and ever since then, I've been just escalating my juggalowness, I guess. It's turned into more than just something I listen to. I travel. It, it's ridiculous. I, yeah. I am. I, I don't know if I'm an elite juggalo, but I'm definitely a traveling old juggalo. So you are I elite. guess it, I would be an, an elder yeah. juggalo, is what we were calling ourselves at the, uh, the Hoot and Annie back in June. So Ouch. I'm an elder juggalo.
5: Oh, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ryan. Um, if, I guess if anybody, anybody who would know me would know me from the podcast, The Dim Carnival. And uh, I started listening to ICP when I was in middle school and stopped listening when I got to college. Uh, and started listening again uh, a few years ago to uh, specifically as a project uh, with my friends, Bill and Steve to do the podcast, Dim Carnival, which rest in peace, Uh, love you forever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and San Diego, man, Um, America's finest city.
2: What's up, I'm Jeremy, AKA Jiggles, Uh, the homie Jiggles. You may have heard me on other people's podcasts, uh, the Dim Carnival, Mike check, and what is a juggalo? I'm from Tacoma, Washington born and raised, the city of destiny. I'm 41. I've been a Juggalo since uh, about 2000. Amazing Juggal Brothers was the first introduction. And I've been listening to ICP ever since. I don't think I ever really stopped. I kind of have been in and out of the community, but I've pretty much been carrying the torch the whole time. And I am now, because I said so, an elite along with you guys. This yeah, is this awesome. Is this is I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but I just never thought that... I would have the time or the gumption to do it. And I was hoping that somebody else would do it if I put a bug in enough ears and nobody stepped up to the plate. So I figured, fuck it. I'm here. Let's do this. And you you guys have been gracious enough to uh, agree to do it. And for that, I am humbled.
0: Can I be honest with you? So I think if you would have waited like two more weeks to do this, I probably would have done
3: this. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about um, it.
0: <laughs> so it's something that I brought up Eric like a couple months ago. Uh, I, a little bit different. I was actually going to try and do it uh, live on Twitch. I think would have been fun. But um, then you hit us up and I run our Instagram account. because you, you hit us up on Instagram. So I, I sent the message over to Eric and Eric was like, oh, so like what, what you were thinking about doing in a couple months and I was like, yeah, but even better, I don't have to do it. We, we just get to be here and hang out and uh, and have a great time with you guys.
2: Yeah, the yeah. best. Absolutely. All right. So I came with some topics, and you guys have all submitted your own topics as well, which is totally rad. And it's turning into something a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And this is awesome. So kind of the first thing I wanted to touch on, which we kind of already did with the introductions, is what was the first album or the first song? um, Probably, I would guess, of ICP or of any Juggalo music that you heard. And is that your favorite? And if not, does it still hold up in your opinion? Um, Eric, I'll let you go first.
3: All right. Mine comes with just a little story. So uh, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, which is about a four-hour drive from Detroit. So when they were doing regional distribution for the early stuff, we were getting ICP records in our stores. Uh, So when we'd go to the mall, me and my friends, when I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, whatever, we would see uh, these CDs in the store, Insane Clown Posse, and have no idea what it was. So one day, my friend Tom stole one so that we could hear it. Uh, and all my friends were like, Oh my God, you got to hear ICP. And I'm like, okay, well let me borrow it. So my friend let me borrow the chicken hunting single, which had the slaughterhouse mix and the instrumental and in it had, I didn't mean to kill him and fabulous, which is still one of my favorite tracks, even though it's just like an intro and it had the riddle box sampler. And at that moment, like I was, I was immediately hooked. That's all it took was that, you know, simple CD single, um, and so I think I ended up going out and buying Riddlebox, and I would still say to this day that's my favorite and I think ideal ICP album. There's a lot of good ones, uh, but but yeah, still holds up today. Uh, still holds a special place in my heart. It's still still my favorite.
2: That's dope. I think that Riddlebox sampler would be enough to sell just about anybody. That thing yeah, was put was together awesome. so awesome.
0: Yeah, Aaron. Uh, so. I kind of gave away my my first listen which would be you know we started from the first when we started this podcast right obviously my first listen was cuss words but we started from basement cuts dog beats uh and all that um so my first real listen i would say would be basement cuts um but i would say my favorite and it, it holds up to me today because I literally listened to it a year ago. So there's not really much to hold up, right? But uh, God, I love Carnival of Carnage. And I know I'm going to get shit for it, but I love Carnival of Carnage. Dude, you are simultaneously an old school juggalo
2: because the first thing you heard was basement <laughs> cuts. But you are the newest of new school juggalo because that was only one year ago. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you are a, a special individual. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know, I'm glad that uh, I was put in that situation, obviously, uh, honestly, because I feel like if I would have listened to them growing up, I would have done a lot of the same that, you know, Eric and and a lot of you that did drop off for a little while. Right. Um, But the fact that I'm listening to these week after week chronologically has made my appreciation for them, I think, grow way more than it would have if I would have started off OG back in the
3: day.
2: Yeah. A, a unique uh, test patient, if you will, of what would happen if you fed somebody every ICP album with no context in the order they were released.
0: This is what would happen. <laughs> That's
2: true. Okay. Uh, Robbie.
4: Okay. So um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. If there's a, screaming cat uh in the mic but i'm doing my best so uh i initially i think saw SCP physically like not in person but like in magazines and stuff when like the malenko stuff was going on um a lot of you know like little blurbs and magazines and stuff and thought like what the fuck is this weird cool looking thing and then um the local alternative station in portland played probably like you know late at night played the Nedden game at one point and I was like this is hilarious I was probably 11 or so so it was very like (laughs) right up my alley humor wise um and then I borrowed a copy of The Great Malenko from a friend's older brother and listened to it I think one time and then had to give it back and then just never thought about it after that at all uh until in May of twenty or no, sorry, May of nineteen ninety nine I was on a family vacation up in Canada uh and happened to go to the Virgin May store up there the day that uh Jekyll Brothers dropped and alongside the uh the alternative press covers with, you know, ICP and twisted on the cover all bloody and I just thought, you know, I was twelve at the time and thought this is one of the cool things I've ever seen. So I bought the magazine, bought the CD and kind of between being on vacation and like reading through the magazine, learning all the lore and stuff. Cause it was a pretty in-depth article and listening to the album over and over again, which is kind of hooked. Uh, and do I still consider that my favorite? No. Um, it's, it's on the, it's on the list. You know, I still like Joker Brothers a lot, but I think ringmaster
2: would be my guy. Dope. Veronica.
1: I'm still going to go with Malenko. It was my entry into the, uh, into the juggalo world i think it still still holds up great it's still the album i give people if they're even mildly interested um back when we would hand over actual cds and not send you know spotify playlists and all that um i uh i first heard of them when i i want to say it was in junior high um i had just moved to a new school in pittsburgh and I was the weird new metal kid with the crazy color hair, the Jenkos, you know, <laughs> that you could swim in. Oh, yeah. And um, I didn't know anybody it was the weird artsy kid. And I was invited to sit at this table with all these, like, you know, American Eagle, Abercrombie and Fitch girls. And uh, I, because Malenko had gained such a weird national, you know, like the hype was real. Th- those folks were buying that album. So it might not have been their cup of tea. Somebody slid me that CD and was like, You would probably like this. And I don't know if it was condescending or not, but I kept that CD for <laughs> a long time and I never gave it back. They actually, the person who gave it to me to lend it, like asked me for it like a year later and was like, Do you still have that Malenko? Like, yeah, I do. So I ended up, um, yeah, recording a copy of it, no, old, with the, uh, with the, um, the cassette tape i i yeah. copied or recorded a couple couple uh tapes to keep just in case one broke um yeah As no it, it was yeah. for me at that time it it touched on a lot of really cool social situations that when i was 16 i could you know connect to um i still think it holds up today though i still think it's one of their best i second place i would definitely say f- Fred Fury I know a lot of people are going to hate that but um yeah uh (laughs) number one for me will always be Malenko
2: dope Ryan uh
5: so my really good friend in high school I think I said middle school in the intro but it actually was in high school uh, my high school buddy introduced me to ICP uh, convinced me to listen to the riddle box um and I loved it uh top to bottom uh, just really enjoyed um, the whole like uh, atmosphere of the album. The That was something that was uh, new and fresh uh, for me as a kid. Um, and I definitely uh, will always have a special place for that album. Um, I'm really glad that ICP has been really versatile in their style. And that they have these kind of eras of sound that we can go back to. Um, and that... Uh, that album, I I know on, on different podcasts people argue about that um, album uh, specifically uh, as being representative of 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 something important about ICP, but um, but for me it really just encapsulates the nostalgia of being introduced to the band and really being s- just smacked in the face with their full aesthetic, like w- at, when they're running at hundred um, percent, and uh, and so it'll always feel that way when I go back to it, it when I want to. Remember what it was like to be uh, impressed by ICP or or whatever ICP was doing. Um, that was that was new or fresh to me. So and that's what and that's how I would define it. You know, as being uh the best, I guess.
2: Perfect. Uh, mine was Amazing Jekyll Brothers. That was the first first one I ever heard. A friend introduced me to it. He wasn't a fan. He had borrowed it from a friend and he brought it to my house and just said, "Hey, check this out. It's really funny." and I listened to it and of course it was hilarious and I loved it um after he left I didn't think about it again for maybe I don't know a month or two and this was probably I may have said 2000 but I think it was actually 99 because I remember it was that summer it was after that album had come out and it was in the summertime and it wasn't until that fall or that winter when I started I just it came back to me I was like what was that CD that he brought over and then racked my friends like oh yeah insane clown posse and and i was into buying cds at the time i had disposable income i worked a lot and didn't have any responsibilities and i thought hell i'm gonna go buy go buy that cd and see what it's like and yeah by the time we got to by the time i got to echo side or uh nothing's left i was like damn this is what i'm gonna spend all my money and all my life on um and that turned out to be about half true um i have a lot of nostalgia for that album but I definitely don't think it's my favorite. It's not something I ever really go to when I want to listen. to ICP. Um, if it shows up in a shuffle, I'm always cool. glad to hear it. But I would have to say Riddlebox is my favorite. I think that's the best representation of ICP. And I think that was them just hundred percent doing what they what they do. Um, I mean, after I listened to, after I knew I liked ICP, after Jekyll Brothers, I spent the next probably. I don't know, eight, nine, ten months buying everything I could find. And so it didn't take me very long to get all the Joker's cards, most of the sideshows, and all the other shit. And that was all about by the time that Bizarre Bizarre came out. So by then, I was fully immersed in the backstory. And I think... I mean, Ringmaster I like a lot. And I just love that whole vibe from basically that through Tunnel of Love. But there's just something about Riddle Box. It is just... I mean, Chef's Kiss, it's the cream of the cream. It's the best, in my opinion.
3: You just named my favorite range of ICP albums. If I had to go, like, everything from Ringmaster through Tunnel of Love is, like...
2: Perfect, yeah. it's Well, okay, I can't say perfect, but it's it's great. It's probably the best representation of them. And Great Malenko is probably their, I would say, best put-together album, best-produced album, best... maybe even Best Written Album, um, but I don't think that it really represents them as much. And that kind of slides into the the next topic, um, which I've spoken with you guys about at least a little bit, at least mentioned uh, Machete Order. Now, for all you Star Wars nerds out there, I'm sure you've heard of the Machete Order for viewing Star Wars, and it was designed... Uh, to introduce new people to Star Wars that have never seen Star Wars before. And this was probably 10, 15 years ago before the before the Disney acquisition, but after the prequels. And so it was you have these six movies and of course the old schoolers are always going to say, oh no, you got to start with the original series and then go back and watch the prequels if you want. And then of course younger people were always like, well no, you got to start with the prequels because that's, you know, episode 1 2 and 3 and that makes sense and that's the way George Lucas said we're supposed to watch it but then there was always the argument of well that destroys the you know the uh, the reveal of Darth Vader being Anakin Skywalker and it does um and so there's always been a lot of debate about whether or not that is you know important to the story or not and whether it's Luke Skywalker's story or if it's Anakin Skywalker's story but what I really took away from that was my brain works in really weird synchronizing ways. So I see there's six star Wars movies. Well, there's also six Joker's cards. And then I think, well, what if you did a machete order on ICP Joker's cards? And that would put, you know, episodes four five and six. So you'd have great Malenko, Jekyll brothers and wraith. And then the prequels would be carnival of carnage, uh, ringmaster middle box. And since the majority of people, um, I would venture to say the majority of people heard ICP for the first time either on Great Malenko or Jekyll Brothers. So that puts it on par with the beginning of the Machete Order. And also, being that those are their most commercially accessible albums, albums that, you know, they were made with a big budget and they had the idea in mind that, hey, we're, you know, we're nationwide now, we're going to make sure everybody knows who we are. And they had, you know, big name guest spots on it. Um, so the question I'm posing here is, if you were going to introduce somebody to ICP who's never heard it before, like Aaron, but Aaron went chronologically, which is a totally unique beast, and it's, <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's really it's really weird. And I I think most people probably wouldn't respond like Aaron did. But also Aaron kind of had no choice because he was under contract to listen to all of them. Um, But I think if you started with the machete order, if you started somebody on great Malenko and then amazing Jekyll brothers, and then keeping with machete order, you would skip, uh, you would go back for the backstory after that, because that's the, the buildup. And then the backstory is the prequels. Now, because the guy that made the machete order is such a prequel hater. um, He omitted episode one because he said it's a prologue and prologues are not important. I argue prologues are always important. But so for this purpose, the machete order would be Great Malenko, Amazing Junko Brothers, and then you flash back to Ringmaster and Riddlebox, and then you end it on the Wraith Shangri-La. And then you can consider Carnival of Carnage a prologue and Hell's Pit an epilogue. Um, now, is that an acceptable way to introduce people? And also, listening to it in that order... Does anything stand out? Does any, Do any callbacks make more sense? Does any thematic thread become relevant? And I'm going to open up the floor.
1: I vote no. I'm going to say no. Um, When I would in, introduce people, we're going back to like the mid-2000s. So a lot of these albums were more recent. And I was just picking my favorite. We didn't have... The new the new deck and everything. I say no to not omit Carnival of Carnage. And if I were to do it today with people, truthfully, if it wasn't the argument of like, oh, ICP sucks. Well, here's, here's some albums I think you would really enjoy. If people were genuinely like, hey, I'd like to know about ICP. What do you recommend? I tell them to start from the beginning because there's a lot of themes in Carnival of Carnage that... I mean, not until uh, recently listening to a lot of podcasts that I never really connected. Like, that's the beginning of the Night of Fairies, Carnival of Carnage. Um, it just, it, it sets the tone. It's the carnival. It's, that's everything. Everything revolves around the carnival, the idea of the carnival. To go out of order, I I, I disagree. Now, now with such a deeper discography, I say start from the beginning because now you're just going to get so much, you're... It, if you really want to know about it, you're going to get lost in this story. If you care enough about it, if you want to care, if you want to listen, just because you want to listen to something that sounds great and is well produced, that's fine. But if you really want to take in the story and really want to hear these guys evolve. And I, they're uh, one of the, uh, just listening to carnival carnage until now to say that they have never evolved is absurd. I've heard people make comments about that. Um, But I definitely would never omit Carnival of Carnage and use Hell's Pit as an... uh, No, absolutely not. Start from the beginning with these guys. Start from the beginning and work your way up. Oh, I'll
3: agree with some of the things that Veronica said there. Um, First off, I think Hell's Pit should be listened to before Shangri-La because I think Shangri-La wraps up that story. It ends on the note that... Everything we've been building to is concluded here in, in thy unveiling, the unveiling. Um, when it comes to Star Wars, I say watch them in release order, because if you don't, you're missing foreshadowing and callbacks, and it doesn't work the same way. But when it comes to these albums, if I'm introducing somebody to ICP, it's going to depend on the person. If I'm talking to somebody who likes modern music and likes hip-hop and likes pop, A lot of people are going to be really pissed when I say this, but the first album I'm putting in their hands is Marvelous Missing Link Found because it sounds the most modern, and they're going to go, oh, I kind of like this sound. I like what they're doing. I'm starting to pick up on some of the social messages and things they're saying. Maybe I'll want to dive in and hear more. If I'm talking about a first deck album, it's hard not to say either Riddlebox or Malenko because they balance the the dark elements, the funny elements, and also the elements that I think are are, are socially relevant, that, that are the foundation of ICP, right? You listen to it and you go, oh, I like the sound of this music, they're funny, but wait a minute, there's something more to this, and that's what is going to pull you in, I think, for almost anybody. Because funny is funny for right now, and it's not funny when you hear it 20 times later. Um, so just funny isn't enough, but I would definitely include all of the Joker's cards in the first deck. I wouldn't exclude something like Carnival of Carnage, but I, I couldn't say you should listen to it first because it sounds very dated. It was before they had really, all their ideas had coalesced into a, oh, here's what we're doing. It was to me like halfway between Inner City Posse and Insane Clown Posse. But uh, yeah, that that would be my thought.
4: I basically the same general uh, down to the Depends on the person you're introducing. Like you know, if, if the person I'm introducing it to likes dusty old N.W.A. and Ghetto Boys records, then I'm going to go with Carnival of Carnage first for sure. If they're into you know new metal, I'll go Jekyll Brothers. Like it just depends what who who this person is. I think universally, I think the place to start would be probably Malenko, just because it's the most well executed, I think. But then I think the order to go in from there would be either either Jekyll Brothers or Riddle Box, and then expand out on either side you know kind of just dealer's choice at that point um do you want to go older do you want to go newer blah 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 but I, I don't think there's a definitive way i think it depends i mean it's music so I, I think it's if you're trying to get someone into music i think it's it's different than you know a series of movies or books or something like that because it's just like what you know icp for as a bad of a reputation they have or how one note people will look at them as there's a lot of diversity musically and I think uh, if you you know I don't know if you like hip hop you're not going to like some of the newer stuff as much as some of the older stuff you know if you like rock mostly you're going to like Shangri-La more than you're going to like it if you don't like I don't know early 2000s butt rock it just there's a lot of uh, diversity there so it's you know there's no there's no right answer I guess is what I'm saying
2: yeah, yeah,
0: I, I think, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say
2: that I think this, it kind of reflects the way the the mainstream music audience and music industry kind of came to know ICP is through Malenko and Amazing Jekyll Brothers and then, you know, start digging into the back catalog because it wasn't until after Jekyll or after uh, Malenko that those older albums were available nationwide. And so like out here on the West coast, I mean, there's no way I would have even heard anything before Malenko and, you know, it's so weird. Yeah, it is. It's kind of weird, but you know, and then you get that backstory as you're waiting for the sixth, as you're waiting for the end of the story. And honestly, having listened to the machete order uh, a couple days ago, just for shits and giggles, um, I made a playlist and it was exactly it was just those albums intro to to last song nothing else and it was in that order Um, I have to say after you hear nothing's left and then it goes into wax museum to start off ringmaster there's a tonal shift but it's like it's almost like a refresher it's like you have this big ominous you know closer and it's like damn nothing's left And then the carnival starts. And then it's like, oh, wait. Okay, now you know we're getting back into the carnival stuff. And I just thought that was a really great transition to listen to. Now, I mean, obviously I know all of these, like the back of my hand. And so it's not like a new fan or a new listener, but it's a different take on the same things that I've been listening to for half my life. Um, And yeah, and then, of course, you know, Ringmaster to Riddlebox, you know, it's a perfect transition. And by the time you get to Riddlebox... And you hear Legs Diamond, it's like, damn, yeah, because you get it, you get him on the fir- on the Great Malenko, and you get him on Jekyll Brothers, but on Ringmaster, he's or on Riddlebox, excuse me, he's all over the place. He is, he is that album, and it's just like a, such a welcome breath of fresh air to hear him, and then all the carnival themes and just the the hype, the excitement, and then after I'm coming home, it brings it all home to hear the intro to the Wraith. And I think that is a perfect transition because the Wraith, I mean, it picks up kind of where Jekyll Brothers left off, but all of the anger is gone. All of the, you know, fuck the industry, fuck this, you know, we're angry all the time. All that's gone. And it brings a lot of the carnival back, which was kind of missing on a lot of Jekyll Brothers, even though there was, you know, clown and carnival themes. But just like the, the exuberant, you know, super hype, dark carnival sound that they had on Riddlebox, it brings that right back on the Wraith. And I don't know. It was a fun listen. It was a fun listen. And I don't think it's the right way to introduce somebody. I mean, I think Great Malenko is definitely, you know, probably one of the ones you'd want to show somebody first just because it's so it's more commercial sounding. It's more accessible. Um, But I just think as a as an experiment, it was a really fun listen. Yeah, is is
0: is that playlist on Spotify? No, I just made the playlist on my Zoom. Oh, okay, cuz I would I might have to go make that playlist on Spotify so I can I can try try that out cuz that sounds like a interesting shits and giggles like you said uh experience. Uh but yeah, I, as far as the machete order goes for me, I've always been somebody that defends chronological order when it comes to storylines um but thinking back to it preparing for the show and thinking back to the star wars aspect of it i i didn't watch star wars for the first time in chronological order and i think if i did maybe i wouldn't be as big Uh oh me the original when i was a kid and then the prequels came out and i love them and so i think showing somebody Star Wars for the first time would be, I would probably do the same thing because like Eric to Eric's point, you know, you lose some of that foreshadowing callbacks Uh, as far as with Joker's cards uh, go. I think that's also kind of the same sentiment. Right. Um, But with Malenko being, you know, the wide release and stuff like that. And that, that was a lot of people's jumping on point. Uh, with my jumping on point being the first joker's card carnival of carnage and then chronological sense. Um, I've had that different experience of growing along with them and listening to them, change their sound and listening to them progress as artists. Uh, and I think that if I would have started at great Malenko and then went back to carnival of carnage. Honestly, I love that sort of underground hip hop sound. It's I'm a huge fan of it. So I think I would have said, damn, I would have liked to start with Carnival of Carnage first and then go. But it heavily depends on the person, right? Just, you know, multiple people have said heavily depends on the person and what they like. Um, But uh, I think chronological order is the way to go. For my personal preference, if we would have started our podcast and started with, say, what did Eric like? How did Eric listen to it in order? That's how we'll start. Like he was showing them to me. Uh, I I think I would have not liked it as, I think I wouldn't have been as receptive as I was because I feel like it was very important to listen to them grow and become more commercial and, and really come into themselves as artists, mm-hmm. right?
3: And I can yeah. tell you what order I went in and why. Like I said, the the album that was available at the time that I started listening was Riddlebox. So I bought that. And it was it was learning. Like, it was an exciting time for me and my friends to be like, are they talking about Fago? Like, the thing that the, we can, like, the drink, you know, like, is that what they're saying? And what are they talking about here? And what is that? And we wanted to know more. So... The next album I bought was Ringmaster because it was at a store and I could listen to that. And then my friend bought Carnival of Carnage and I went, uh, no, I don't think I'm into this. This is a little too old school sounding for me. And then I bought Fuck Off because I saw it at the store and I was like, whoa, this is like songs that are supposed to be on Riddlebox. But it was all growing the mythology. And I remember being so excited to know what the next Joker's card was going to be. You know, we, we listened to the Sideshows. I had Beverly Kills and I had Terror Wheel. And so I was all caught up and ready to go, even though I listened out of order. Uh, I think you can still do it. And I really think that where you come into it, the first album you hear, the ICP that you hear for the first time, that's the ICP that you love. It's why there's such differing opinions. It's why uh, some people are like, well, I love the calm or i love the mighty death pop or something because that's where you came in and you went this is the style of icp i like and i, I like the style that they were when they were doing Riddlebox and Malenko, and some of this other stuff doesn't appeal to me but it's kind of an amazing thing i don't know of a lot of other artists save maybe somebody like deftones that have changed their sound and evolved and still felt like them the whole time where you get distinctly different eras and sounds and styles of music and everybody that comes in there's going to be something you like and it it ties to the other sounds that maybe you don't love those other things but there's still enough icp there that you're like yeah okay i still dig that anyway you know what i mean
2: yeah
4: to jump off what you were saying uh i was just talking to a friend yesterday about prince actually because there was just a new uh posthumous Prince album released this week and he was saying that it sounded you know not for him um he's more into the 80s like you know the the peak era Prince and I was saying that one of the things that I think is exciting about an artist that ha- that has that long of a career is that even if some of the stuff like you were saying isn't musically as in aligned with what I like or I don't even like it as much say uh it's still fun to just consistently be able to check in with these people and see where their heads are at what's inspiring them you know what's to go on that journey uh because you cause at some point you just have a almost a um not an allegiance that's the wrong word but you have an attachment to these points of view and these these head spaces that, you know and, and, and kind of checking in year to year with old friends or family members in a sense not to be you know, family about it, but, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's with legacy artists. I think people like Bowie, Jay-Z, even things like that, where it's just like, it's, it's fun to see how the twists and turns of the, uh, inspiration, I guess, you know, weaves. And I think that's something that ICP has in spades that people don't give them credit for. They just go, Oh, I don't like this one. Cause I like this other one, but it's like, there's more to it than that, I think, if you really are open to it.
5: Man, actually, I really appreciate you saying that, Robbie, because I feel like that's one of the best things, the greatest things that I got to take away from doing the Dim Carnival, which I never experienced when I listened to ICP originally, um, is the amount of access to new things uh, that they can they can be a vessel to discovering a bunch of other great shit. Um, and so... In researching for the podcast, I spent as much time or more listening to new music and other artists that I had never heard that were incorporated into ICP's music in some way, um, and that was obviously hugely valuable. Um, and I and I wish I was better at it when I was a kid uh, and and listening to the music back then. You know, I would have benefited from it.
2: Yeah, totally. There is uh, so many artists. I mean, basically the entire genre of whatever you want to call it, wicked shit, horrorcore, horror, just underground rap in general, that I know myself, I would have never heard it. And I think a lot of people, especially people outside of the Midwest area, would have never heard it, if not for ICP. Um, I mean, obviously Twisted and the, you know the other bands that ICP has put on, but Esham, Dayton Family, I mean, even 3-6 Mafia, um, you know, digging into their older stuff. It's just a lot of good music out there that, if ICP wasn't directly or directly or indirectly responsible for them, they certainly were responsible for their exposure to a lot of people. And that's dope. That's absolutely awesome. Um, as a side side note, uh, back to the star Wars thing, because of course we're making a star Wars podcast. Um, I never watched Star Wars when I was a kid. I was a weird kid. I like Star Trek. Um, I never really watched the movies. I had seen them, but I never really was into them. When my kids were getting to about the age where they really started getting into movies and being able to absorb more mature stories, my wife and I were like, you know, well, let's watch Star Wars and let's just watch all of them. And we just went from episode one all the way through to return of the Jedi. And, it was a great introduction for the kids because the prequels are more modern movies and more accessible to kids, you know. Of course, the whole Jar Jar Binks thing and everything too, but just the way they're filmed and, you know, the 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 content, it was easier for them to absorb, I think. And they probably wouldn't have had the same response if we started them with A New Hope just because this was 2000, what, 2010, maybe two thousand eight. Um, and they were, you know, they were little kids. So the, the more modern, uh, cinematography and stuff really resonated with them better than I think, but they, they ended up loving all of it. And that was really my first, you know, watching all of them. And I became a huge star Wars fan because of that. And I watched them in, you know, episode order, which, You know, most people would say that wouldn't work, but (laughs) it does. And I still appreciate the, you know, all the, all the callbacks and the twists and everything.
0: I got to say, I watch them in episode order probably three times a month. Uh, And I think nobody else should do that. (laughs) It's it's a terrible, terrible social experiment that I force upon myself. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sort of like what are these geared towards, right? To your point, the prequels, obviously, with the modern cin- cinematography, with Jar Jar Binks, with all that, were geared towards the parents that grew up loving the original trilogy who now have children who are growing up that they want to get something that they're interested in right Mm -hmm. um and uh and i would even say that with the disney acquisition and the the latter trilogy are now the kids that grew up with the prequels they're starting to have children of their own and now those kids have some a jumping on point right um no matter how fan servicey they are but uh you know i we won't get into that. I, I force Eric to talk about Star Wars every week on our podcast, uh, but I respect the rest of you enough to not do that.
3: But, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Star Wars, but bring it back around to ICP. Don't you think though that those prequel movies, much like I'll say ICP ninety nine to like two thousand four era probably you keep saying modern filmmaking and look more modern they feel more dated than the old ones to me because that green screen and the bad cg and i think just like icp you put in the kind of like crappy rap rock elements and stuff that they were trying to do during that time those albums to me don't hold up or feel as classic as malenko and Riddlebox and ringmaster you are absolutely
2: correct From today's perspective, at the time, though, you're talking like early 2000s, everything was green screen. Everything looked green screen, and all music on the radio was rap rock. So, for both examples, it made sense at the time, and now looking back on it, it's like, ooh, not so much. The older looks better now.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so we have everybody, are we gonna, let's start again here, or pick up where we left off we're not gonna okay. start again
3: no let's start from the top <laughs> let's start from the top so, yeah i'm gonna <laughs> do my <laughs> intro again
2: Actually,
3: yeah, yeah. Perfect. i want to make sure and say that i'm only
5: 34 in my intro <laughs> oh
3: oh
2: okay yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna
3: say i'm 29 but i started listening when carnal of carnage came out
2: oh yes. perfect yeah perfect <laughs> okay yeah because you are the old schoolest of old school but you're not old <laughs>
3: uh i'm old and the old schoolist. yeah In this group at the moment, I think, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think we were about the same age, but you were listening before me.
3: One of the things that's really funny, I was really into ICP, right? And I went to college and I was going to school with kids from Detroit. There were three people that were like in my friend group from Detroit. And this was after Malenka was out, but before Jekyll Brothers had come out. And these kids that were really, really into hip hop and underground rap and stuff, I was like, talking to them i'm like oh you're from detroit i love icp and they're like icp is lame and i was like what and they're like they used to be like scary and cool but now they're just a joke and i was like what do you t-? jekyll brothers hadn't even come out at that point when they got like really goofy <laughs> and funny right and he was like dude when i had terror wheel at my like ninth birthday party that shit was cool it's not cool anymore and i was like Oh, well, I think it's cool. <laughs>
0: I really want to track down these people
3: and see what their
0: opinions are of ICP now. Yeah.
3: They're probably dead. No. They're probably dead. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, you killed them. Oh. <laughs>
3: I mean, I didn't say that. Okay.
2: This is going back to an anonymous podcast now. <laughs> okay. Um, Moving along. Um, So the new writer's album, it's not new at this point, but it's new again. Um, has everybody heard it? No no okay well I know Veronica and I know Robbie has <laughs> Ryan have you heard it
5: haven't listened sorry
2: Shit. okay well this would be really brief <laughs> Twisted and and MNE came out with the best psychopathic writers project to date <laughs> and it's not on psychopathic and ICP is not involved and a lot of people are upset about that um, I think at this point ICP should get together with Isham and uh, Misery, the two OG writers and well one OG and one halfway OG um, and add Ouija Mac and you know maybe Big Hoodoo or something and make their own writers project as a response and I think that would be fucking cool and unfortunately it would keep the beef going but I think musically it would kind of energize it a little bit and make for some really really good music can we add one more in there fish sure. and
0: grits fish and grits Toss him in there
2: is, is he still alive <laughs> i know one of those guys from two life crew passed away a while ago i don't remember. not that. fish and i'm pretty not yeah fish and i'm pretty sure fresh fish kid and ice. Grits, so. it, was it was fresh kid grits. Ice. Okay. yeah okay no fish eric knows
0: sure. i i bring up fish and grits whenever i can because uh we're, right. we're I, big fans and
2: now this has become an episode of icp parts. ICUP with we and in that spirit. There you go. Oh, I didn't hear. Oh, uh, stop. stop. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Um,
0: Black shoes, white shirt, black hat, Cadillac. Next. Oh man, we did that this morning, Eric. What, (laughs) Eric? What were you wearing this morning before you changed to get camera ready? Obviously.
3: Oh, scuba gear, go-go boots, straw hat. Uh, But I did change.
0: Yes, that's a look.
3: Yeah. yeah, I see like a dozen people walking down the street like that every day. It's just the fashion. For sure. All
0: of this is going to make sense in a week when, when whatever we record this morning is going <laughs> to yeah. come out. See, this
5: is the yeah, foreshadowing. You're going to feel like a real idiot in six years when you look back on those Instagram photos. Though.
0: <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, let's get back on topic, people. Okay, um, Veronica, you submitted a really cool uh, topic and if you would like to share that with us and open up the floor and let's discuss it because i think that's cool
1: i mean you can kind of segue it with the whole Riders thing because um i mean if we're going to be beefing still in 2021 <laughs> let's make it more entertaining for all of us i mean i've given yeah. up on the idea that we're going to get a lotus or Riders reunion anytime soon just when they give me a little bit of hope You know, somebody from one label, like somebody else's Instagram post, we get an East Side Ninjas or, you know, new (laughs) writers songs or a tell all stream. But my question was, where do you see all of this going in five, 10, 15 years? And how do you feel about, you know, the the separate labels, bringing new people in and out, big events? We're not getting any younger. So what is that going to look like? in the future, the whole juggalo landscape as a whole.
2: I think it's going to be like any other music genre. I think juggalo is a music genre now at this point. I think it's become like, like punk rock, you know, carried from the eighties into the nineties and then into the two thousands. And now, and it, it just keeps evolving. And you can say that that punk rock started with the sex pistols and or the Ramones, depending on how you look at it. Um, But at this point, there's people that are into punk music that maybe have never heard Sex Pistols, or maybe they just don't like that. But that's the root of it, And but it's evolved so many times since then. And I think the juggalo subculture in music will become kind of the same. Now, this is a lot different because ICP is still active 30 plus years later and still at the heart of it. So that creates a different landscape. But I think because so many artists have come up through the juggalo world and, you know, there's a lot of bands and a lot of rappers out there that started as fans of ICP and now they're their own entity in the music scene. Um, so I think there's always going to be groups that carry this torch of underground Juggalo type music. Um, but I don't think, I think once ICP is done, psychopathic is done, and there won't be any carrying on. There's nobody to, to carry the torch. If you asked me 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, there's plenty of people to carry the torch and it'll carry on forever. Now I don't think so. Um, and Twisted with MNE, uh, maybe they might continue to carry on after Twisted retires. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really think so. I think it's very specific to those groups, but the subculture as a whole, I think, will continue. It'll just evolve. Robbie,
4: I wanted to piggyback on what you were saying and say that I think I think that exactly what you're saying is probably the biggest problem in the Juggalo world is that people have such tunnel vision with these specific artists where it has become more of a culture and a musical style than that. And there are newer up-and-coming artists, or not even that new necessarily, like people like Zuli Lu, or uh, you know, they're starting their label, and uh, people like Buckshot and uh, Kung Fu Vampire, and people like that who've gotten more and more popular over the years. I think there are a lot of people that could take the mantle and run with it because the people at the top are not by any means spring chickens. Uh, And not even if you're looking at ICP releasing product that regularly um, to keep an entire subculture alive. I think what you need to cut the head off a little bit and and allow the things below to kind of blossom and become as important. And I think uh, there's a lot of toxic energy in the communities where people specifically will shit on things that are not ICP um, because that is the number one all time or whatever and um i understand where they're coming from and especially if that's just a, a ban you're a fan of or whatever that makes sense but like it really limits possibilities for the future i think i think it's a really shitty outlook and i think it's a just a, a really surefire way to kill this thing
1: yeah i mean i thought it when twisted initially split from the label i honestly i thought that was a good thing this is before the all the diss tracks and, you know, the explosion that was January 1st of 2017, Um I thought that this was going to be probably the best thing because we were going to get so much more music, and I'm a huge fan of... I want more music all the time. I want content. I sound like a child when I say that, but <laughs> I, I, I right now I thought at first, when the split happened, I think they created the greatest lotus album because i think everybody came to the table ready to outdo every like everybody else um i think some of the best albums were being put out at that time best tours best performances um best events and i was really excited i thought for sure like i went to the gathering uh, the 17th gathering when there was mne and psychopathic and that was so cool to see like those two merge um, and talking about acts like all of Zulilu, I love those guys, and it would be amazing to bridge that together. I was very excited to go to the um, I still ended up going but the uh, Juggalo Day of Florida when they were gonna do Lotus, and they were gonna have artists from both both uh, labels, kind of like, you know, uh, I don't I can't remember if it was one one label per day, but just to kind of bridge everything together because i i it's really cool to see, you know, more artists like you say, there's a lot of younger artists that should be coming up and I can't stand the the gatekeeping that mm-hmm. juggalos do with the whole um even with the newer kids. I think it's hysterical to see uh kids that are younger than the t shirts that I'm wearing at these shows. So I, I it I don't think I don't think it'll go with with ICP. I think when they're done it will turn into something completely different, but a lot of people for many years were looking at Twisted as like the next in line. I'm like, you guys, they're the same age as ICP. That's why they were never going to be the, the heir to the throne. They're the same age doing the same thing at the same time. They can't be the next in line. They're already they're already pacing with who's current. So I, I definitely agree with the idea that juggalos need to kind of step out of their uh, gatekeeping, if you will and just allow acts to come up i mean if if Weegee mac or you know axc is in your cup of tea i totally get it those are two completely different sounds but this is this is the newer generation coming up with newer fans who are brand new to stuff um and if you want this to keep going if you still want to be gathering in 2035 everybody you know come off your high horse because everyone's not going to be around forever and i had that moment actually my mother came to visit me last month and we were watching a David Bowie documentary. She's a huge Bowie fan and her and I had just come back from, she bought me tickets to go to the Hootenanny for my birthday. And, um, at one point she kind of just looked at me and she said, it was so eerie and it stuck with me, but she said, you know, you were talking yesterday about not wanting to buy merchandise and should we have spent a hundred dollars on a ticket? And she said, you know, at one point this will be all gone you will not have the gathering you will not get new music from your favorite artists you will not get to see these guys as often as you do go and and enjoy it for what it is and take it all in and i think that a lot of people need to remember that because uh for some folks this is the this is what they like revolve around and all of their you know family vacations are set aside for the gathering and only the gathering so you know, there's been talk that it, if people don't behave this year, where they're currently going to be, that this might be the last time that we're. I can't. Rem, I, I don't know why I can't think of the name of where the gathering is right now. I've been there before, but Legend Valley. Um, is that the one? Just appreciate it for what it is and stop getting into all the, the gatekeeping and the judging and this is mine and only mine. Like, a lot of us are old it can't last forever if we're the only ones that are carrying this and supporting it. So let new people in, let it evolve. It's already evolved so much. You're not going to get riddle box part two or freak show part two. Move, move up with it, evolve with it. It, It's what it is current day and it's not going to change.
2: Well, and that's the beauty of recorded music is if you don't, thank you
1: for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) That was an awesome (laughs) TED talk. Sorry, Sorry.
2: No, that was great. The, the great thing about music is if you like an artist and you like a band and you like what they're doing, three, five, ten years later, you don't like what they're doing now, you don't have to listen to that. You still have those older albums that you can go back to, and that can be the the band that you listen to. Um, I use Metallica as an example all the time. I love. I grew up listening to you know 80s Metallica, the really old thrash stuff, and I love that. And I loved the Black Album when that came out, too. I never listen to that now, though, because I don't think it holds up as well. Or maybe I'm just sick of hearing it, but I don't listen to anything they've done after that. And that's just not my cup of tea. When I want Metallica, I go back to the old Metallica. and Because that's just what I like from them. But I would never disparage somebody from liking the new stuff, because, hey, it's for them. Whatever, cool. And I think ICP and Twisted are a prime example of that same exact mentality.
3: It's an interesting thing. I think you've all made some points that make a lot of sense to me. And I've talked about this on our show. I grew up in the hardcore scene, going to shows, being a band. Still, that's still where I live my life. Which is, that's my point. When I was 15, and I told my parents, "I'm straight edge, and this is the music I listen to," and they're like, "Well, this phase is." And here I am, you know, 25 years later. It's still a thing, but it's so different. Um, you look at the hardcore and punk scene, and there are now hip-hop acts that fit into that scene. There are uh, pop acts that fit into that scene. There are all these different types of music, and that's the way I look at this. It's funny that people still go, well, it's it's ICP, and it's Twisted, and that's it. That's, that is this genre, that is this culture. But when you see people... And I think I actually think ICP saw this coming. I think they know what I what I'm thinking here. When you when you see Young Wicked, I'm sorry, James Garcia, when you see, um, light, when you see people like Ouija, they do not fit the '90s, early 2000s, you know, psychopathic face paint, right? They are not that same type of artist. They're not making that same type of music. They They're part of that culture, but they're making accessible music. And when you see Ouija Mac talking about the concept of Neo-Juggalos, that's how you know that this scene can live on and exist. Uh, You're right. 20 years from now, I think this music scene still exists, this culture still exists, and there may be people that have heard of ICP but never listened to them because they're listening to a type of music that sounds completely different now. Uh, But gatherings in some form still happen and i agree i think magic ninja is potentially or things like magic ninja the future of the genre because they are doing so much to uh well they're staying connected to where they were but um change your perception of what is this music. Let's get stuff out there. Let's put, Oh, the horror out there. And you know, this is a different style of music. This is something else. So yeah, I think it'll survive. Yes. I still think ICP if violent J can make it is going to be 75 years old, still putting out fucking Joker's cards and people are going to still debate them. But yeah, I think it's going to survive.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And um, to Veronica's earlier point, about the split, the the 2017 split of Psychopathic, Magic Ninja, all that, um, it created that competition that I feel like needed to happen to keep driving this genre forward because I 100% agree this is not a fan base for a specific small group of artists like ICP or Twisted. This is a genre of music that has kind of grown larger... Than probably what icp originally expected but i feel like to eric's point they had the foresight and they saw that and um there are going to be people 20 30 years from now that are going to things like the gathering and stuff like that that you know maybe they listened to icp one time it wasn't their cup of tea but they're still a juggalo right they're still listening to this type of music um And so it's grown larger than just ICP. It's grown larger than just Twisted. And I think the gatekeeping, which is something that Eric and I experience a lot, being both people that come from DIY hardcore bands and and stuff like that. uh, It's the old heads gatekeeping, the the newer kids gatekeeping. Uh, There's all sorts of gatekeeping happening that, is counterproductive to you know why if you like a genre of music if you like a band if you like an artist the like complete opposite thing that you should do is judge somebody else for liking them liking the same group but a different era of that group right
3: it doesn't make yeah. sense
0: get everybody like to a show
3: yeah, the, yeah exactly. Get the music in everybody's <laughs> ears the, the the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand is that to grow a scene, I don't care what kind of scene it is, you need new people for it to survive. And I think a lot of people are protective. They're like, well, I don't want to let in these fucking kids that don't get it. They're going to dilute this and ruin it for me. Those people won't stay, but the real ones will. So bring them in, show them the way, help them understand it. And if it's not right, they're going to go away, but you're going to grow your community and it will survive. Or
4: those people will stay and they don't get it now, but they'll get it, you know, as it go, you know, day one, I didn't get it, you know, or, you know, no one does. And I think, I think an important thing to keep this alive and growing is to not have a hierarchy in the artist realm as in like, you know, ICP is old. Like to take it back to hardcore, like if all the new bands and artists and fans were all like, well, we got to check in with Greg Ginn and see if he accepts you know, these new bands right. Like who gives a fuck in things. Uh, and, and I think same, you know, same with, you know, Violet J. It's like uh, there's 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 such a, a mentality of like. This is the important guy and the, this is the word that we look for for the truth and all this stuff. And it's, it's just it's this weird culty energy that doesn't go anywhere as people age and eventually die. Like, you know, it, who cares? I guess.
3: Would you say that Violent J is the Ian McKay of <laughs> horror core? Well, the only person that
2: matters, I guess, is Isham. Yeah. And let's all recognize oh, okay. that. And let's all praise Esham because he started this and everybody bit him and everybody stole his stuff and he's the originator. True. Yeah, but
4: Isham's bad brains.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. It's right. perfect. Yeah. I'm just picturing
5: uh, Eric's imagery here of 75 year old Violent J. Uh, shuffling around on the stage because these dudes are carnies and they straight up will be any any last dollar that they can ring out of somebody. They'll be doing it, and I even yep. thought of like if Violent J should come to pass, you know, heaven forbid, uh Too Dope will be out there with a Violent J hologram on tour. You know, they'll Fuck yeah they'll be performing as
3: long as they can.
0: Here be out there with, with that hologram been. doing ninety percent. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: But the thing is, by that point, if you even want Violent J to try and spit in a mic at all live, you have to join the Patreon. Otherwise, they're just playing a recording and he's just standing there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) All right. Let's move it on to Ryan. You had a submission that I'm actually just now seeing. I didn't see it earlier. Um,
5: Yeah. It's actually um, a really good transition. Perfect. Um, Because... Uh, I was really excited to take on the the house party stream that happened last October. Um, I was really excited about it and all the extra free content and stuff. I was actually getting set up this morning and clearing off my desk. And I had all of that swag from the grab bag sitting here uh, next to me. And I started looking through it. And that's what kind of prompted um, the question. And it's uh, this transition that ICP clearly has. I mean, they talk about it explicitly on the stream of... Uh, diversifying their revenue streams if they're not able to perform on tour or people aren't buying cds anymore um then how can they as artists like maximize their revenue and uh and i guess you know putting all of their stuff on youtube um and and getting revenue from from views there uh and then doing these streams and so now they're obviously like doubled down on these uh every other month um, having a stream um and so i you know i i feel like there's a a perhaps a given a take. I'm curious uh, what you guys think about that. If the, if there is any kind of drawback um, to that transition um, and then also any effects you think it might have on the actual music that they produce um, because they've done some kind of innovative things uh, with their music production on those streams.
2: Uh, first thing I'd like to bring up is that I think they've got it wrong because if they put out physical media, it will sell. People will buy it. There's always going to be a market in the juggalo culture for CDs for any kind of merchandise. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why this is the second version of basically the same CD and we all bought it. Um, they could just re-release everything they've already released and put a different sticker on the front and people will buy it. Mm-hmm. So the need to transition to different forms of revenue is important and it's relevant to the music industry as a whole. But I think that within the Juggalo world, it's like an enigma. They don't need to rely on it as much. I mean, I think they're, obviously their album sales have gone down, but they will always sell physical music if they put it out. The problem they're having is they're not putting it out. That's why Twisted and M&E are so successful right now, and that's why they are just killing it, because they are putting product out at a crazy pace. And it's coming out on time. And if ICP can do that, if they can put out reliable products consistently, we wouldn't be having a conversation about, nobody would be having a conversation about if they can still keep this up, what are they going to do now? If they can just put out the music consistently, even, you know an album a year two, al- you know, two releases a year whatever even if it's just them even if it's just you know hey we've got a new EP and then six months later we put together a compilation of stuff mostly you've never heard before six months later we've got a brand new album if they could at least keep up that kind of pacing I don't think they would have to worry about their revenue stream as much now obviously they're making a killing on the on the streams but I don't think that they need to diversify as much as they think they need to.
4: I actually disagree entirely. Oh, Uh, I think some people are going to continue to buy CDs. I think some, you know, but as we talk about younger people getting into it and this thing continuing, I don't think that's necessarily true at all. I don't think 25 year olds are buying every CD that comes out in multiple stickers and multiple versions like they could do in the mid to early two thousands and whatnot, because that's just not something that they grew up with and it doesn't mean anything. Um, I think, like someone mentioned, that ICPR, you know, old carnies and they're old wrestlers, and they will follow the buck. And I think if the CD revenue was 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 working for them, I think they would continue to be pumping out material. I think the fact that they're making less music has a lot to do with the fact that they're selling less music. Um, and then you see the, uh, you know, the focus go to live events and touring. And then when there's no touring, finding a new stream. You know, I think, I think this is... A lot of it is, you know, financially based. And I think that's, it's a business. It's important to, you know, know where it's, there's a lot of older artists that are not doing as good of a job as them and are floundering way harder. Um, And I think they've always been smart like that. But I I do think that the music does suffer because if you're doing three hour live streams three times a week, unless you spent eight hours in the studio before that, you're burned out
0: i will i I will go oh you're totally fine uh i will i will go and just sit right on the fence between you two uh (laughs) and say that you are both pretty much correct um jeremy to your point icp has fallen into this community and and gathered and, and grown this community of people that are huge collectors i mean we talked about it before we started recording today we all collect something you know weird right we we all love collecting things and i think that they do a great job of i guess exploiting would probably be a a negative word for it but exploiting the collectors uh to to collect right but 25 year olds aren't aren't collecting i i'm 27 i have zero like i don't want to collect a cd i've zero want to do that uh vinyl on the other hand I, I do like vinyl but not like eric likes vinyl way more than i do uh <laughs> we we're at a record store the other day and i think he spent like a uh, hundred dollars like uh, over a hundred dollars um <laughs> but yeah. uh um not to blow you up eric but uh, thanks. thanks for that yeah, you're welcome buddy uh <laughs> but that's not the if you cling on to the collectors and stuff like that you are leaving out a vast majority of your younger audience your newer audience that just simply don't do that and i think that's what the the patreon streams that is what appeals to to those people right um not saying you can't have somebody that both things appeal to. Of course, I'm sure a lot of their Patreon members are people that are also are collectors. Hence, why when you're a Patreon supporter, they'll send you something to collect as well. It might be six months late, but uh, you know we'll we'll get to that whenever we get to my question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know it's. Eric and I talk about it on our show all the time. ICP shaggy and violent J they are business people and, and damn good business people at that. Um, to the point where both of us who are nowhere near the, uh, successful musicians that they are look up to them in ways at how good they are at running a business of selling themselves. And, um, And so I I think that it's very important for them to, to to keep cranking out things that the collectors are going to love to keep putting things out. You know, like you said, they could probably re-release everything with a different sticker on the front and make a killing because everybody would buy it. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but, but also they're going to miss out on the people that do not give a shit about that stuff. The, the, that. CDs are lost on them because it wasn't a huge thing. You know, I'm at the tail end of the generation of CD buyers being 27. I'm at the tail end of the, the, that generation and everybody before me will not give a shit about buying CDs.
3: Yo, I was deep in the CD generation and I don't fucking have CDs. I don't buy that shit. Uh I I might buy a lot of records, but I'm not buying CDs. Uh I'm feeling but, very you know, attractive
2: right now, you people. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy's panicking, <laughs> sweating.
3: Yeah. But uh you gotta go. but, I mean, to Aaron's point, we talk about it all the time, and one of the first things that attracted me to ICP was their DIY ethic because that's the scene that I was coming from. So it pains me to see them selling themselves so shamelessly in the ways that they do, and yet you cannot deny their hustle, right? Right now, especially when you look at 2020, when bands couldn't tour and make money, they immediately were like, we're on this. We are not losing a penny, right? We're going to get out there. We're going to reinvent, you know, how we are making money through the music industry because the industry isn't what it used to be. Record stores aren't what they used to be. I respect it. And yet I kind of hate it because... Less is more to me. I'd rather have a Joker's card every year or two and and a sideshow in between because it's an event and I get stoked to hear it instead of drop this and that here and there. But that's not how people consume music. I give them credit for being fucking old ass dudes from the old school that are like, yeah, but I get this. And if it's not them, they've got somebody that they trust that's steering them that way and good on them for doing it.
0: And Eric, just just for comparison, what did your
3: band do during last year? Oh, uh, we did fucking nothing. We dropped an album <laughs> in the midst of the beginning of lockdown. We didn't play a single show. We didn't tour. Um, and we just tried to promote it on social media. Where were our live streams? Where was our Patreon? Nowhere. Slackers. You know what my band did? Big old jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: were we released an EP that was recorded before the pandemic even happened. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so, what we yeah, did. I mean, and that's that's like, you know, you can't deny their hustle. Like Eric was saying, you can't deny their hustle. You can't deny their their business acumen. I mean, when the pandemic happened, they it took them what a month maybe to scramble together, you know, revenue streams that are going to be solid during a pandemic. Yeah. yeah.
1: All this talk about collectors. I'm over here feeling like real, uh, real extremely attacked guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Collector <laughs> items. This I is still feel disgusted with myself.
2: So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I may or may not have dropped $140 at half price books yesterday.
1: <laughs> Look at oh, that. okay. I, took, I took advantage of that 50% off MNE uh, audio. Yeah. I bought a shit ton of vinyls, too. I... I think I'm only missing two, like, Juggalo-wide at this point, only two. Oh, no, I take that back because I don't have the original Shangri-La and Riddle box, and I can't bring myself to spend $500 on something that's, like, 30 years old. Mm -hmm. I can't do it.
0: Hey, that's another thing we talked about before recording. (laughs) Not spending $500 on things that are decades old.
2: (laughs) Right. Okay, I think this kind of uh, segues a little bit into Robbie's topic. Robbie if you would
4: oh yeah um, I don't have the paper in front of me or the, 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 the sheet so I'll just kind of go off the dome but uh, basically what my uh, thought was was why are you still here uh, like is it do you like the new stuff that much is it nostalgia is it just part of your life that you're used to is this where your friends and family are you know what I mean like this shit ain't new and it's not even that popping at this point. Why are you? Why are you still here?
1: I will disagree with the not popping comment because I think now. I guess I
4: mean. Uh, sorry, ahead, I, I mean like in a in a larger cultural way, like in the way that it was when we all first figured it out.
1: I like that it's not. It might. That's a very hipster statement, I guess. <laughs> Um I think not now more than ever there is so much to do events alone I mean I have tickets this early, later in the month I will be splitting time between the gathering and Astronomicon you know that's all in one week we we won't talk about that much more <laughs> yeah um but uh there's also you know there's so many events I want to say I can't remember. I remember listing out just everything that happens annually. And I want to say there's like eight or nine events. There's just so much to do. It started off as something I enjoyed musically and connected to with a kid, as a kid. And then, you know, with me, with being in the military and traveling all over the place, of all the musical genres, and I listened to a lot of different stuff, um, you know, a lot of like the... I hate using this acronym, but EDM shows, I would go to metal, uh, industrial, nothing ever felt like it did going to juggalo shows. There was something different about it. And I mean, I, it's so generic. I know families and, and everything, but there really was like a connection. Like people actually spoke to one another, no matter what uh, going to shows in Seattle, um, Los Angeles, Texas, up in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, just across the board, it was always this weird feeling of, like, thank God we're here. This is exciting. And that I never really got that from any other genre. As the years went on, we continued to get more and more products, more music, more artists. It was just super exciting. And, um, you know, I wish the split. I mean, I'm happy that everyone's doing their own thing. I just can't stand, I truthfully, can't stand the dish tracks and the beefing. I really wish everyone would come together and be this big old happy family. Still holding out on that, but um, in my traveling, I've met so many different people. I mean, I didn't even consider myself a juggalo. Through, like, I did. I knew I was, but it wasn't something I would I would talk about. It was just it was just I love this music. This is what I love. I go to shows, but now I'm going to all these events with people that I would never I would never have met some of my best friends in the entire world whom I love dearly that love dearly. If it weren't for this, this juggalo universe, I guess.
0: To, uh, bring up, or I guess to, to add to you, to your point, um, is somebody that got into it late, right? Got into it very late. Um, and Eric and I talked about this on, on our recording this morning, but, uh, we figured, and we never really talked about this, but going through chronologically, all of ICP stuff, we figured we'd catch up to current we'd end. And then once, twice every year, when they put out something else or something newsworthy with them happens, we'll, we'll do another episode, right? Um, and the reason that we are continuing it on and now later this month going into the super group stuff and continuing to crank out weekly episodes um, is because of the people that we've met through this. Right. Uh, so I think that, that Veronica, myself, most people, probably everybody in this group right now sticks so fiercely to this genre so fiercely to this community because of the people that they've met through it, right? Uh, that's why I'm here this morning. That's why everybody's here this morning uh, oh, yeah. is to... It's because of the people that you meet, the experiences that you have, the memories that you share with with people halfway across the country that have come to the gathering and, and y'all, y'all met halfway at the gathering. And, and you had an amazing weekend and that's something that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. You know, um, I forgot, uh, who you said, said this to you, but, uh, take it in now because it's not going to be there forever. You know, sitting in that sentiment holds so true, right. Uh, sitting on your deathbed. Are you going to say, oh, thank God I didn't spend that hundred dollars on that ticket. 20, 30 years right. ago, or are you going to say, Hey, remember that time that we had an incredible weekend hanging out at the gathering, doing whatever, right? Like it's right. for the people oh, that yeah. you meet through it. So
2: yeah. we can all agree that it's the friends you make along the way. It, it has to be. <laughs> I mean, right.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, right.
4: Sure. Um, I don't have like a super killer answer, uh, but I pretty much what other people were saying, you know, I'm, I think, my answer skews a little more towards uh, the music, because I don't like people too much. Just kidding, um, you're all great. But uh, no, no, I'm I'm a big uh, you know sit at home and listen to music in, on headphones guy. So that's that's the first for me. And then and then, but when it comes to, and I think Ryan, I've heard you say this places too. We both started projects um, kind of for our own fun. Uh, for me, the Twisted History Instagram page, you know, I started it because I didn't really know anyone to talk about this shit with. And I thought it would be, I wanted to put the, the the weird obsession I had somewhere. And, uh, and I would not have even guessed that, what, two years later or so, you know, I'm doing this, waking up earlier than I want to wake up to talk to a bunch of people I've never met in person, you know, about this stuff. And, you know, me and Mike from Juggle of Judgment talk almost every day, you know, like it's just, um, it's 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 something that i would have never guessed and and that is um i almost in a way disconnect it from the music itself because it's like that is the thing that we talk about most often but at this point these are just friends of mine um i don't know if that's an answer to the
5: actual question but that's just my no
4: that's uh, that's
2: perfect
5: well yeah i mean i that was beautiful robbie thank you so much for that (laughs) um I guess I wanna answer the question specifically just with what it is about ICP. And it's, um, I, I feel like lately I've been, I, I used to listen to punk, you know, I used to listen to hardcore. I went through a Nashville country phase, Um, listened to uh, hip hop and R&B when I was in middle school and high school. I've gone through all these phases and uh, now I'm in my forties. And I feel like, what is my, I was thinking about this, like, what is my aesthetic really? Like, what am I, if I boil it down, and there's something about ICP that kind of hits a lot of those boxes. Um, the cheeky horror, thriller style, uh, fascination with death, uh, philosophy, ethics. Um, they they managed to bring everything together in this kind of magic, what, what they call magic, this magical way. Um, and that's something that, it, because it ticks so many boxes and whatever, the things that appeal to me, um, they're always gonna have my interest. Uh, and I'm always gonna be looking towards them, um, to see, like you said, like check in, what are they doing? Um and I I didn't listen to ICP for ten years or whatever, and now I listen to them all the time. <laughs> it's sick. Like, and I and I listen to stuff that we never covered in the podcast. My favorite stuff or the stuff I listen to most often, we never got to. So, um, you know, it's and there and I just know there's like a huge amount that I can um continue to mine from and, 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 always find new stuff.
2: Yeah. That's dope. Um, I'm just here for the songs about necrophilia. <laughs>
1: no, for, for, for
2: real though, uh, Robbie, Ryan, you guys had some great things. Um, and I, I agree. It's for, for me, it's the music, um, first and foremost. Um, I've been listening to this music, I mean, almost on a daily basis for like 20 one twenty-two years, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm in my forties now. My brain is addled, but the music just it holds something so special to me. And you know, a lot of it is the the horror aspects, which is weird because I don't really like watching horror movies most of the time. Um, you know, it's the absolute nerdiness of it, um, the the humor, uh, the social messaging. It's all there. I mean, it. Like Ryan said, it takes almost every box um and when i like something i have a very you know obsessive personality when i like something i go all in and for the last you know for the last 20 plus years it's been icp and it's been twisted and it's been all these other juggalo artists i've just been all in and the i've always been a juggalo alone a jug alone, if you will um i've never really had any actual friends when i went to shows back in the day i haven't been to shows since like 2010 i think Um, but when i used to go back in the day i had like one friend that i'd go with and i'd meet a few people there and it'd be cool um and i've just never really had a like a physical juggalo community and so after a while i kind of trailed off and i wasn't really involved in it too much but i was always listening to music And then I found Instagram and then I found all these amazing people on Instagram, like Robbie with Twisted History and like Veronica and, you know, all these amazing people on the online juggalo community. And so now that's becoming a close second. And, you know, and and there is kind of a divide. I think, Robbie, you said this where it's almost separate, like you like the music, but then you also like the, the community and the culture. And they're not always the same. I mean, I talk to a lot of you guys often and most of the time we're not even talking about ICP stuff. But that's always what brought us together in the first place. And I think that's a really, really cool thing. And like Ryan said, it's magic. It's There's no other way to describe it. These guys, all of these artists collectively have created a subculture, a genre. They've created something that's way bigger than any of them. And it's brought so many people together and yeah, it's absolutely going to keep going as long as there's people like all of us and younger people, older people that still are passionate about it. And, but for me personally, it always comes back to the music and that's why I'm here because I love this music. And sometimes I don't even know why, because I listen to some of it sometimes and I'm like, Oh yeah, but I have kids and, you know, I, you know, I, I have these values and, you know, but then I don't know. It's I could always listen to songs about sex, drugs, money, and murder and put a smile on my face. I don't know why.
0: Cause they're fucking cool. That's they're why fucking cool. <laughs> Thank you. No, to uh to, Rob, okay. to Robbie's point, like way earlier talking about, uh, the Ned game appealing to his 11 year old sense of humor. Um, that appeals to my 27 year old sense of humor, right? <laughs> so they—they, yeah. they, you're right, they check the boxes, they check the hip hop box, they check the, the horror box, they check the humor box, right? Um, they sort of encapsulated a lot of different aspects of a lot of
3: people. Yeah, uh, hey, I'm still listening because, I mean, honestly, ICP got me into ICP, right? It wasn't, there was, this was before family, this is before gatherings. Uh, I liked the music and sure I had friends that were into it, but uh, it was it was the music and, and the concepts there. And when we went to shows, like it was just the energy of being at those shows, right? And when I stopped listening, which was 2005-ish 2006-ish after the first deck after the calm and I just kind of went, I don't think this is for me, ICP in popular culture became a joke. You didn't want to be associated with it right it wasn't cool i couldn't be in a band and tell people this is what i'm into and i just wasn't into it anymore right i just stopped listening and then uh because of that sort of popular culture made it a joke and they became a a a sort of humorous meme when aaron jokingly said i want to start an icp podcast i went this is a chance to catch up with an old friend like icp i want to see what they've been doing I'm curious, right? Even though I've been away from it and I've been sort of reluctant to get back. And then we did, and yes, the music brought me back. Do I hate some of it? Sure. But is there way more of it that I really genuinely like? Yes. And then, and then, this is what made this worthwhile. It's it's what's happening here. It's jumping into the Discord and seeing people talking about it. It's having people that, I might not have even ever met before that I can call a friend that we can talk about this thing that I can't walk, you know, into the other room and talk to my wife. Well, actually, I might be able to talk to her about it because she gets it too, but you know, I can't go to work and talk to people about this. They're not going to get it. They don't share that same affinity. They don't get the culture. They don't get the the mythos behind it. And and all of that stuff makes this something worthwhile for me. And that that's why I'm here. Okay, we're
2: going to wrap it up for for this episode. Um, I want to thank all you guys for doing this. This was way cooler than I even thought it was going to be, and I thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever. So you guys are dope. You guys are the best. Robbie, anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug?
4: No, not really. I mean, obviously there's the Instagram I've mentioned a couple times at Twisted History on, on Instagram. Um, it's just kind of a chronological from the earliest House of Crazies days, eventually till I get my ass to the end or, you know, whatever the end is of uh, Twisted's career and history. Uh, go check that out. And I just want to say this was great. Uh, I appreciate you having me and I Like you said, I figured it'd be a good time. It was a way better time than I expected it to be. And I felt a lot of
0: warmth
5: in my heart.
2: Oh, dude, I feel fuzzy.
0: Ryan?
5: Uh, Yeah, just want to thank everybody. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, for putting this together, for having me. Um, Dim Carnival is dead and buried, but uh, the the stream's still going. We still get listened. So um, if anybody ever has any questions, you can always hit us up. We're pretty inactive, uh, but you can email us dimcarnival at gmail.com you can hit me up on instagram um i'll probably get back to you better actually from an instagram message but yeah thanks for having me man it's a great time
2: great and let me just say that dim carnival is like the og granddaddy of juggalo podcast you guys were the first to do deep dive album by album and yeah your guys's podcasts were amazing i mean the the topics that you would bring up and the the level at which you would you know dig into it was just amazing and i'm sad that yeah it's... i guess i
4: didn't realize it was officially over until you just said that and that's
5: <laughs>
2: I was holding out a little hope, heartbroken but... about it yeah
5: uh well you know things have a way of rising from the grave i mean don't don't unfollow us you know that would be a mistake i'm, I'm paying 14 bucks a month for pod for you motherfuckers so yeah uh, hey
3: Dim Carnival walked so that I C U P with we could stumble and crawl through quicksand. So uh,
2: perfect. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Veronica, anything you want to plug? I'm, anything you're up to?
1: No, nothing to plug. I mean, I just thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me to do this. I absolutely love dorking out with my juggler stuff because I don't have. I mean, I have my my core group of friends now, but I yeah. Any chance I can do that? It's a good time, and this was been, this was a really positive, you know, interaction with everybody. I'm glad we didn't end it on a negative sour <laughs> note, but I'm curious to see how that goes. So hopefully we can do this again soon. And uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Dope. I C U P with we.
3: Aaron, you wanna you wanna give the info? <coughs>
2: <laughs> You're not pitting your cat okay. anymore. That was like ultimate supervillain status you were just sitting there and (laughs) you're rocking in your chair just petting that cat on your lap it was quite disturbing
0: i only i'm only here so i can plug my shit baby uh no guys this has been so fucking amazing this like jeremy was saying like i came into this thing this was gonna be incredibly fun and amazing and it still blew away my expectations i had a great time uh meeting those of you who I had not met yet, uh, immediate affinity towards y'all. Y'all are amazing. Can't wait to get to know you guys more. Um, if you want to hear us, uh, those of you out there, we are ICUP with We. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, icupwwe at gmail.com. Uh, you can also email us uh, if you want to pleasure the mailer, Damon, uh, at uh, icupwwe@gmail.com Um, and we're starting season four next month or this month, I guess.
3: Weekly episodes. You can catch up and listen with us as, as we start into super groups. But again, uh, thank you for putting this together, man. This was awesome. Uh, I, I really liked spending this time with all of you and, um, just, this was a great way to start my day. And, And really, I think when you ask why we're here, this exemplifies that this is exactly why we're all still here.
2: Perfect. Um great. Now there will be a part two. I don't know when. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna do I'm definitely not gonna do a weekly schedule, probably not even bi weekly. It would probably just be whenever. Um there's other people I want to get on here that couldn't make it this time. Um all of you are welcome to come back and chat again the next time I do this. Um I don't know where this is gonna go. Um this might turn into an ongoing thing or it might be a uh, flash in the pan. I really don't have any plans and I don't know. So we'll see. But you guys this was so awesome and thanks for for doing this with me and
0: Thank you for being a friend Travel. and thank Travel you down for down putting this together and back again yeah there we go back
2: again yes hot is true yeah no, are we we're not oh it's just me
3: okay yeah no. <laughs> no no keep going though hey if you yeah. threw a party and invited everyone you knew you'd I can, see I can't the can't hit biggest man. gift would be from me and the card act, card attachment would say thank you for being a friend <laughs>